one idea that I've always had is because you could fake the way you act, but essentially my idea is if you fake enough, you essentially become that person, right? If I want to be a strong man, like I'll do things, essentially faking it, but once I do it enough, I become a real person. I'll become that person. But then it gets to the point of you're putting on a front, but your actions like behind closed doors are completely different. And I feel like it doesn't line up. Well, it just comes. So it comes down to like, um, compulsive, like when, when it comes to like the 90 day rule of like living with somebody 90 days and that shit comes out, if they're a compulsive liar, that's just what they're reinforcing. They're just reinforcing a compulsive lie. So like the front is, oh yeah, I don't drink. You know, I don't drink. I don't drink. And they know they're lying. And then they go home and they fuck binge alcohol. And they're like, ah, that felt good, you know? And then they go back out. They're like, oh, no, thank you. Oh, no, thank you. I'm good. Thank you. And then they go home and they pound. And then it's, I don't know. I think it's just reinforcing, like, if they're, because I I get, like, faking, faking it till you make it. Like, yeah, that's a thing. But there's also just reinforcing bad habits. (laughs) Yeah. I guess if you're, the idea is if you're, you got to consistently perform the habits of the person you want to become. Yeah. But if, if you're like faking it on the outs, but then behind closed doors, you're completely different. Obviously I think you won't become that person. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of people who put on a fake face and then, you know, I like to think of the quote is, you know, your true character is what you do when no one is looking. Mm-hmm. I think your most and your most valued successes are the ones that no one knows about. Mm-hmm. So those are two things I truly believe. But I like that there's a lot. a lot of people that that two face out there. But this brings up an idea. I'm sorry. I just finished uh, reading the book for the second time. It's uh, the Mastery of Love by oh. Don Miguel Ruiz. If you read that one, yes. So there's an idea in it that I, I really like and I, I agree with. It's the idea that true love is acceptance. And so when you truly love someone, you don't want to change them, right? You accept them. But this has been kind of conflicting just today I, when I finished that book in my head is so you love someone, you accept them, but you want them to be better. Mm-hmm. It's like in my head, think of a friend maybe who's struggling with an addiction or something. You have a, a friend who's an alcoholic, so to say. You know, you love them, so you accept them, but you don't accept their actions, so you want them to be better. So you, are you really accepting them? Are you really loving them? So this is the conflicting idea in my head. I wanted to see what what do you think on that. So um, I do agree that it is acceptance. So I, this is the thing. is like, forwardly speaking, like outwardly speaking, I present this understanding that humans are conditional lovers. Okay. And I, I have an innate belief that God is an in, unconditional lover. He, he loves unconditionally because though he sees the now of the failure, he, he also sees like, longer time horizon, you're fucking up now, I know what it's going to give you in the long run. So, like, I think of, like, the time I went to jail, whatever, and, like, at the time, people were like, ah, such a big fuck up, but it gave me so much more than I could possibly imagine. Like, I got so much out of that, 
that I could have never got anywhere else. And like, I needed that. I needed that more than anything. Like if I didn't get checked like that, bro, I have no clue where I'd, I'd probably be dead right now, honestly. And so I think the, especially with the mastery of love by Don Miguel Ruiz, it teaches this understanding of unconditional love, this idea that this, basically this understanding of godly love that it doesn't matter. Like in the grand scheme of things, if you look at it, say like, I was thinking about this yesterday because I have, um, I have friends and family who have a personal lifestyle that is different than say my parents agree with. And in my head, you know, I, like, I can understand why my parents wouldn't agree with this personal lifestyle. They're like, no, I don't accept it. That's wrong, whatever, based on their like religious or spiritual beliefs. <clears throat> And the way I see it is, if this person has this lifestyle, let's switch the roles and say they were special needs and they said, and they only say they only had a year to live, just one year. And every time you showed up to their house, they said, don't talk to me unless you're wearing the talking hat. And it's this crazy <clears throat> funky hat with all these dumb feathers and all of these like strings or whatever. And you had to put on this hat just so you could speak to them. But say they were just special needs and this is just how they wanted you to talk to them. <clears throat> if they had only a year to live, you wouldn't give a shit about wearing the hat. You'd be like, give me that hat. I'm going to put that on. Like, I don't care. I just want to hang out with you. And then when they're gone, you're going to be like wishing you could just put that hat on just so you could hang out with them. And you would find yourself putting that hat on just wishing you could speak to them. And... So we have all of these stipulations of like, oh, I don't agree with this. I don't agree with this. And then the person's gone. And then you're like, honestly, that thing didn't even fucking matter. Why did I care? Like, why did I give a shit about that? Like, I would do anything. I would do absolutely anything for that person to ask me to wear that hat again. Like, even though it was the dumbest, like, featheriest whatever hat, I don't care. Like, I would rather wear the damn hat and talk to them. And so... We don't see that long time horizon, though, in the moment. And so we're like, oh, we're very conditional with loving. We're very like, you've got to be this way for me to like accept and love you. Whereas like real love is unconditional. Like when I fucked up and went to jail, like my dad was like, oh, you idiot. Like, how dare you? Like, you, you, why'd you do this? Oh, my gosh. You know, he's very angry. Whereas like Richard and Allison, <clears throat> and I didn't tell my father until like six months after, until I was about to get like charged. But when I got out, and I came home, Richard and Allison sat me down and they were like, how do we want to get through this? And Richard looked me in the eyes and he was like, I believe in you, Tanner. What do you want to do? And to me, that was unconditional. I, that was everything I needed to get through it. That was everything I needed to hear to get through it. And whereas my father was very conditional, it was like, you idiot. Like, and he was, it, it's just how he was raised though. It was very like, you need to deserve my love. You need to deserve it. Whereas like Richard and Allison taught me that like unconditional, like it doesn't matter. I believe in you. And that I believe in you is what got me through it. And so, and if you look at them, they're surrounded in love. Like those two people are surrounded in a web and a community that loves and adores them and would do absolutely anything for them. And it's because they unconditionally love and exude that unconditional love constantly. That's real love. That's real love.
conditional love. So that, that, that idea of ex accepting everything in the book, The Mastery Love, that's the way I see it. Is that like, I don't care about the dumb hat. I don't care about whatever. Because on the long time horizon, you're going to be gone one day. And I'm not going to give a shit about the hat. I'm going to just wish I could have worn the hat every single day to talk to you. It's just, it makes sense. Um, but I'm just trying to, I'm trying to open it and it, it makes more sense absolutely to those people who you surround yourself with and choose to be in your life. Mm -hmm. But obviously me trying to better myself and I want to ideally love everyone. Um, so I really want to apply the idea to everyone. And then when it, it gets hard mm -hmm. because yeah. I mean, even like, I would say you, you make a huge mistake, you murder someone, you know, and I feel like because I know you, because what we've been through and stuff, I would still be able to have that love and acceptance of you in, although your mistake, um, but I'm thinking of those people, maybe we know less, like say say the person has no qualities you like zero qualities you like they're an absolute and say they're an evil person mm -hmm. how do you love that person how do you accept that person and i think that's that's what i'm trying to wrap my mind around because love is acceptance in this book how do you accept that person i mean i guess on the other hand i think everyone has good qualities and you have to just find them mm -hmm. so i'm just thinking aloud here of yeah making sense of it because it is a, it is a really cool idea that love is acceptance. And that's one thing I've really liked, especially looking at past relationships is if you want to change the person, if you don't like something about the person, then it's not, it's not love. You want to, you have to be able to accept them mm -hmm. for who they truly are yet, despite their flaws. So. And a lot of times you'll find that the qualities that you don't like about person as a person is also the qualities they don't like about themselves and they would like to change, but outwardly and socially, they don't, they don't express that. And they'll prote protect these qualities because an attack on these qualities is an attack on the ego. And that's like virtually death. That's like, oh my God, that's, that's dying. And so typically what you'll find is like, if there's a quality that you know is negative, and you actually get into like, say a relationship with somebody and you talk about, you kind of lightly talk about this quality because understand they're like, they're almost like wounds. They're like active wounds and they'll protect them. They'll be like, no, this is me, this is me. But then if you can like take the guard down and be like, like, do you like this quality? Or like, you do, what do you think about this quality? They'll be like, you know, honestly, I wish I didn't fucking have this quality. Like, I, I wish that like I could improve on this. You find that they, a lot of times they want to improve on it. And it's, it's this idea like, if you look at somebody and you see something you don't like about them, like you shouldn't do this. They're going to defend it. They're going to be like, don't touch the wound. Get away from me. I like, I am this way. It is what it is. Whereas when the guard comes down and they fully trust you and they fully trust you not to hurt them when that wound is like revealed and you go, what do you want to do with this wound? They'll be like, I, I want to improve. I want to fix it. Say they're overweight. They're like, I want to fix it. I want to fix it. Then you're like, okay, that's fine. How, like, how do, how do you want to go about it? It's the same thing. Like when I went to jail. Richard wasn't like, you idiot, like other people in my family were like, you idiot, like what the heck? Whereas like, I would defend it then. Be like, no, like you don't know shit. Whereas Richard's like, hey, it's okay. How do you want to go about this? I believe in you. And it's like, I want to get past this. 
I was no longer defending the jail thing. It was like, <clears throat> I want to get past this. I want to get through this. Like, I don't want to go back. Like, I want to get through my counseling. I want to get through, like, my probation days. I want to be good. Like, I want to get through this. And it was that, like, he was able to, he knew that they, it wasn't what I wanted. Like, I didn't want to go to jail. I didn't want to, like, experience that. But he knew I wanted to get through it. And it was that, like, pulling the barrier out away from the wound and being, like, knowing, letting him know that I could trust him enough to be like, how do we want to get through this together? And it was like, I want to get through it this way. Like, this is how I want to get around this. And I don't want to be like a felon or whatever for life. And he was like, okay. Whereas like, my dad was like, what the fuck? And I was like, I accept it. It's great. It's whatever, you know, like, fuck you. <laughs> like, you'll defend it. Yeah. And so I think it's just these qualities. A lot of times it's just people do want to change them. They just don't want to change them socially because they are wounds. They're like weaknesses. It's like being overweight. <clears throat> Nobody likes being overweight. And they'll defend it publicly. They will. But secretly they're like, fuck, I wish I could change this. And I wish somebody believed in me. I wish somebody could help me. But when people are like, you need to lose weight. They're like, no, I am beautiful just the way I am. It's like, you didn't remove the wall first. You didn't like, hey, how can we fix this? What do you want to do? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you have to accept, you have to accept them first, mm -hmm. so they could have that trust with you, and then they're able to open up. But at that same time, you can't expect them to change. I feel like because it's yeah, it's a it's an interesting topic. But I think you hit it on the head, though. Do you like the book, though, in general, the entirety of it? It's good. Um, I don't like it. I mean, I like the four agreements more. It's just four agreements is a really, really good one. Yeah. But it definitely is, and and that's one of the main reasons I like it is just that that idea. I really, I really like that idea. It's just love, is acceptance, mm -hmm. and uh, so I've been thinking about it. <laughs> I want to better, cause and here's another thing I've been thinking about is you know I'm reading and it's a good input. But how many of the ideas do I actually maintain and grow and create from? And I think it's minuscule, especially if I'm just sitting and I'm reading and I finish the book and I put it away. I think there has to be. And so this is where my other idea is. I think there's something in between input and output. I think there's a process in the middle that that happens because. I read that book and I get an idea. And if I don't do something with that idea, that idea is gone. Mm -hmm. And although I'm getting input from that book, may, and maybe it's just the form of input. Maybe it, the input just needs to be better. But as in, I'm thinking about the idea from that book, right? And now I'm, I'm, I'm expressing it to be able to build upon it. Uh, ideally, I would take that idea and I'd write it down. That's one thing I want to start doing is writing down these ideas that come from the book because everyone's going to read a book and have different ideas and you'll be able to build and expound upon those. But, and that, I don't know. That's one thing I've been thinking about. Do you think there's, do you think there's a process in between the input and output that's important to kind of realize? Um, yeah, I think I wrote something about it this last week. Um, Actually, I'm like 100% sure I wrote something about this this last week. Um, where did it go? Oh, shoot. 
It was something about... Action is the alchemy between motivation and momentum. So any thought or idea is some sort of motivation. And action is the alchemy that turns it into momentum forward. So when you read these books, you have this motivational idea, this idea like, oh, I could do this, or I could try it this way. And that's a motivation. That's a motivation to do something. And you have to alchemically like move that into momentum forward to make it happen. Because if it sits, it dies. Whatever you don't use, you lose, right? This is just a law of life. If you don't use it, you lose it. And so when you have these thoughts, when you take action on them, like, oh, okay, I have this idea of like acceptance or whatever. It's like, okay, who could I go and try and accept? that I don't, like, typically accept, or so you have some sort of idea, or say, like, that book, uh, Meditations that I was reading, Marcus Aurelius, that there's a lot of ideas in there, there's a lot of motivations in there, and if we don't act on that motivation, if we don't find out where we can input that into life and actually push it forward, it's not going to go anywhere, it's not going to snowball into something bigger, into, like, an actual personality trait, Right? Because that's the thing is we read these books and we see all these great qualities and we want to make them personality traits. We're like, I want to be that person that he's talking about, the way that that person acts. And so you have to, the, the action, it, I, I don't know, that was just the thought that I had this last week is action is the alchemy and the transmutation of motivation into momentum. So I think action is the catalyst. It's just taking action, even if it's like a shitty small action and it's not really like planned out. It's just like some sort of action, just the getting up. Because what is the, What is the rule? It's like if you have motivation and you don't act on it within five seconds, it's gone. If you if you're like, oh, I want to go to the gym. But you don't do anything, you start to lose that motivation. It starts to go away and you're like, oh, I could go tomorrow. But when you have that motivation, it's like, I want to go to the gym and you count down from five, four, three, and you get up, you are more likely to go and do the thing. You've just alchemically moved motivation into momentum forward, into doing the thing. So I think action- That reminds good. me of a, of a video I watched that I thought was a super cool idea. The guy talks about, he says, he says I think it, it was do it now. Mm -hmm. and he says that over and over again, like a thousand times in the day, he says, he just practices, do it now, do it now, do it now. And so whenever an idea comes in his head, that the response automatically goes to it. He's like, do it now. And so he never procrastinated and he always just thinks of like, you know, maybe I should talk to that person or maybe I should go to the gym or maybe I should. It's just the idea of doing it now is it's the cat. Like you said, it's the catalyst of uh, going and, and making something out of an idea. But, uh, it just comes to mind. There's an idea that keeps on popping back up to me ever since I did my uh, NASM personal trainer deal is just information is motivation. Mm -hmm. And every mm -hmm. week that's being reemphasized to me because I mean, just take fitness, for example, with you and me, 
you know, how much information do we have on fitness? We have years and years of experience and studies. And so we have a lot of information. So why, why do you think we, we hit the gym a lot? And we, it's just, we have that information. We have that motivation. And I just been thinking about it in areas that I struggle with. If I were to get more information on that area and study that maybe it's an addiction or vice or any struggle, if I were to study that and why it's bad and how to overcome it, I think that information turns into motivation and turns into that action of overcoming it. Mm -hmm. But uh, when it comes to this process in between, because yesterday or, you know, our last episode, we talked about, because uh, I set my goals to an input goal and an output goal, which I've been, I've been liking, I've been rearranging my goals like that. But just for my intellectual goals, I have my input as my reading and my output as my writing. I've been struggling with writing like pretty hard. And what I realized I haven't been doing is studying. Like I've been reading almost every day and it's been great. I've been reading a lot, um, but I haven't been studying. And so I think this is where the idea is kind of stemming from of something in the middle is if I'm reading a book and a certain idea, it makes sense to me, it clicks and I want to expound upon that idea. I write it down and maybe I can continue reading, right? I could just write it down quickly, continue reading my book. Sure. Um, but then I put the book down and I actually take those ideas that I wrote down and I will study those ideas. I will expound upon those ideas. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily even have to be from a book. Like for example, I have, I have a lot of questions about a lot of things. And if I were to go and just write them down and actually study those ideas, it, I think it's a catalyst for being my writing. And so this is where kind of my idea is, is input. My input is reading. And then there's a process in the middle, studying, and then the output is writing. Mm -hmm. So that's, yeah. There's always some sort of alchemy happening in the middle. It's that changing form. The alchemy is changing form. So it's the input changing form into output. So it comes in, we change it into something that we can use, and then we put it out into the world. So yeah, there's some sort of catalyst alchemy happening that we have to engage in to make that output happen because you're right like when it comes to working out we have a ton of information a storehouse of information that we can call upon to get us motivated to go work out it's like oh man i haven't doing been doing reverse grip curls i want to do those those really make my like biceps pop i want to do those now and it's like let's go to the gym and it's like there's an instant, like, there's, oh, I could compile, I could start, I could also, since I don't do those, like, I could do, like, front squats, since I also don't do those, like, I could, I could focus on some of my weak points today, you know, like, yeah, fuck it, like, we have all of this, like, information that we can call upon, that, like, is just a storehouse of motivation, so you're definitely right, you definitely hit it on the head with that information is motivation, and I think, a lot of the information, if not acted, acted upon, like when you receive that information, if you don't write it down, if you don't put it somewhere and you don't expand upon it, like you said, it doesn't actually become like momentum, an actual thing that you do. Like reverse script curls weren't a thing until you did them. Like you saw them, you're like, oh, cool, you know, interesting. And then it could have just faded away into oblivion. And then one day you finally did it and you're like, wow, the pump is insane. Holy crap. And then you like, now you're doing them. 
it's that like action you go like i'm gonna do that now i'm gonna try that thing now or i'm gonna write i'm gonna think about it a little more there's always some sort of like alchemy that happens and so now thinking about the goals again i don't think i have all these goals set as input output i don't think it's input output i think it's input action and then the output is whatever result will come out of that input in the action Mm -hmm. because you know like with my music, you know, my input is my music production uh, study, and then my action is my music production. The output would be whatever songs that come from that. And so I don't. That's yeah. That's what I'm. What I'm realizing here is there's there's an input, an action, and then an output. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to play with your ideas. You have to expound upon the ideas and work with them. I mean, when it comes to working out, I mean, you either, you know, you you watch videos or you study and you learn the workouts. You have to actually go there and experiment with them and play with them. And then your result, you know, whether you get strong muscles or more strength or yeah, that's that's your output. Mm-hmm. And if you think of a pendulum swinging, it like swings to one side and then there's a middle area and it swings to the other. So it's like motivation, action, momentum. And I think that's just how it is. It's like, yes, there's the three process to it. There's the three. It is just like input action, input action, like momentum forward. Because I think, yeah, with the output, you don't have control of the output. The output is whatever you, Mm -hmm. you gave it, You, you know, you push it. And okay, what does it go? You know, that's what happens. And so, at least when it comes to goal setting, you you can't really. I mean, you can't set an output goal, but your actual action is not going to be your output. I feel. I'm trying to think of. So when we first started doing this, before we actually started recording a podcast, um, you had the idea of input output, right? And you've been thinking about that for a while. I had different words for it. Do you remember what those words were? I'm trying to think of it. Was it creation was the output? Uh, because I've lost that into, and I've, I've completely transferred it into input output now, and that's all I, all I speak. But I had different, because I it? when the first time I expressed it, you're like, yeah, that's input output. And but I had different words for it. I had a different word for input, different word for output. But I can't remember what it was. I was <laughs> I don't know, I've, I'm, like I've been trying to think of it. Or because yeah, the way it goes in my head is when I'm coding, you have a coding screen and you put the input in and then you preview and you have the output. And that's what life is. Like you put a seed in the ground and you water it, and the output is a plant growing. And it's like the input was the seed in the water and covering up the soil and the sunlight. And the output is a plant growing. So that's just the way I see it. That's the way like the matrix in my head works is you put sure. the code in preview screen, put the code in preview screen. So that's just the way I see it. I think what you said before is probably either cause and effect. Maybe I don't remember. I don't know. I want to say it was something with creation, but I could be completely wrong. I don't know. That's why. That's why it's going to be good because uh, down the road, like when I have a question like this, I could just go back and listen to a yeah. previous episode, you know, and find it. But unfortunately, that was before it all. 
But it's cool to think, and I've been thinking about it lately because I was like, I wonder what my thought process was then. Like what what my idea kind of concept around it was back then. Because maybe I could apply that now. That's but I can't remember what I what I called it. Maybe I mentioned it on an earlier episode. Maybe I'll have to listen to it and say it. Because I, it was a strong idea I had, and it was something I truly, and I, I, I remember having that idea, and then you had input-output. I'm like, that's cool. He has that, and I have this. Yeah. And then, but mine just transformed into yours, so well, I the, lost it. The way I see this action is also maybe part of, well, no, I feel like it is output. Well, it's a part of input as well. I don't know. All my 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 thoughts all have uh, evolved, and so yeah. it's it's my it's all gone now. It's, it's fine. crazy to just... see how thoughts and ideologies like form and grow within just like a couple of weeks, and even change. Mm-hmm. Like if you actually give a, an idea time to and open it up to controversial ideas and opinions i mean you and me disagree a lot and mm-hmm. i mean in every episode i feel like I, I change an idea based on you know either you saying it one way or me self-realizing that it's actually not that way and so you can't stick with one idea for too long no. you gotta open it up no it's not, i i have let your thoughts innate, evolve yeah i have this innate belief this actually i'm it's a sworn in belief that if you don't change you die if you refuse to change, nature will consume you. Like you don't adapt, nature will eat you alive. Like if you're dropped off in the ocean, you're like, no, I walk on land. You're going to die. You're like, I'm not going to swim. I walk. You're like, uh, you got to adapt, motherfucker. <laughs> you got to learn how to swim That's, real quick. Uh, one thing that uh, Don Ruiz Miguel in his books, he really pushes it, which is... This time around, I've I've reread Four Agreements and uh, The Mastery of Love. Mm-hmm. It's called, right? yeah. And uh, this time around, it bugged me because okay. he pushes the idea of, uh, I can't remember how exactly he words it, but basically breaking away from what you were taught throughout your life. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that to a certain extent because... You know, wherever you're born, you know, your family's beliefs and uh, the society you're around, its beliefs are going to affect you in a great way. And you're Mm -hmm. likely going to share them, at least as a child. And so it's really important to be able to break away and realize and learn things on your own. But at the same time, I always fear uh, bias and uh, despite. because a lot of people they'll just hate uh their parents and hate their society and think they were hypnotized all growing up and i think that is a wrong way to look at and i fear and reading a lot of books it 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 scares me not from personally but for other people that read the books because i'm like oh like i'm 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 fearful that they may take that the wrong way and turn that into like Despite uh, and hate and like, wow, like I was hypnotized my whole life because you see it every day. You see mm-hmm. people that are like, wow, and I don't even. They're like, I don't even talk to my family because they raised me a certain way. I'm like, what the? See, no, and- you gotta, you gotta take from them like what you agree with because there is truth in all things, I believe, mm-hmm. and also learn on your own ways. 
Well, we also have to understand that everybody's just a kid. And at some point in time, there was a point in time when the father said, we don't leave the cave because if we do, we'll die. Because at one point in time, he saw his father leave the cave and he'd get eaten by a saber-toothed tiger and was like, we don't leave the cave. And the kid goes out and is like, there's no saber-toothed tigers. Why don't we build up in the trees? And he goes, no, we live in the cave. And it's like, well, if we're in the trees, like we could see all of our prey and we don't have to come out sparingly. And like, there's just beliefs that you do just have to break apart from just because at one point in time, they kept them safe. And that's okay. It's not to say that they were wrong because they weren't. At the time, it was like, yeah, we don't want to leave the cave because like dad died when he left the cave. That was scary. And now you're like, no, dad, like we could live in the trees now. Like there's always some sort of change that needs to happen. And you don't, you don't have to hate your parents or hate your community. I, I, I get what you're saying and you definitely hit it on the head. It's, they just knew what they knew. And that's all they knew. And you can't hate them for that. That's like hating a toddler for not knowing how to make a sandwich. Like, you idiot. You know how to make a damn sandwich. Like, that's ridiculous, dude. They just knew what they knew. And especially with adults. Say it's somebody who's over 30 years old. 40 years old. 50 years old. That belief has been reinforced for 50 years. It's like, whatever belief it is that you don't agree with, understand that that has been concrete in their mind for 50 years. So for them to break that mold is breaking 50 years of coding. That's fucking hard. That's not easy. Like try breaking 10 years of coding. Like social coding, like even breaking your own like childhood beliefs, going out into the world, yeah. you're like, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. And then you're like, wait, they might have a point. No, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong for years. And then you're like, wait, they might actually have a point. And then years later, you're like, they did have a point. It, I think it does work this way. Shit. And you have to break that 10 years of coding that you had. And if, with, your, with parents, it's like 50 plus years, 20 plus, 30 plus years of coding. And it's not going to be easy. So you can't get mad at them. That's just what they know. It's just the cave is safe or whatever it is is safe. And they know it for either from personal experience of something happening or what, whatever it may be. You can't hate them for that. That's just their safety. That's their like understanding of, you know, what they knew was right and what they reinforced as code for exponential amount of time. But I truly believe that if we don't grow, we die. So that's why I also have a belief that you can live forever if you accept change, if you accept evolution constantly like i have to continually evolve i have to continually grow and i can live forever whereas like if i refuse to grow nature will take me if i refuse to adapt nature's going to take me it's going to kill me because you stay in the cave forever you don't get to eat the delicious fruit you don't get to eat the other animals you don't get to live very long and you're living in a musty humid cave with a bunch of funguses <laughs> you gotta get out in the clean air bro <laughs> no i i think you're right and going back to like what you were saying at the beginning is just that people have these walls and they're hard concrete walls and you know what i'm saying is you know when you read a book i think books are easy to slide under that wall and get in there and so now they have this idea and it could be misinterpreted and wrong and now people on the other side of the wall are like seen as <sighs> you know, not as hypnotized and wrong. And so it's, it's a difficult thing. I think 
one thing that's coming to mind is is just religious beliefs because you got an atheist and let's just say christian what do you have in the middle you have agnostic and i think an agnostic person is a lot better than i'm not gonna say a christian or an atheist but you know if you're so sure on one side it's just why are you how can you be so sure you have to be open i feel like all the time and so for a person to say there might be a god i think that takes a lot of strength and a lot of uh good things that they can be able to accept that they could be wrong i mean they or there could be to so to be able to bring down that wall that you have and be open to new ideas and not be offended i think it's an incredible skill to have to grow yeah. i mean if you have that wall you're just gonna try to reflect everything that comes your way it's it's really interesting and i i did have a really strong anger towards religion after i had left the church um because like i looked back and i saw all of this like hard like lines of like this is true and anything beyond this is bullshit and i was like you know the fuck you're talking about and so i was very like angry and so like i built this wall now and i was like you're wrong because of these reasons and they're like no you're wrong because of those reasons and then i took the step further into agnostic into like i'm just gonna always be looking i'm always going to be looking for my god i'm always going to be searching for him her whatever it may be i will find him her everywhere i will look for them in everything that i see in a grain of sand like everywhere that i go i will find god that was like my belief is that i'm just gonna look everywhere i'm gonna find i'm gonna find god everywhere Sure shit, I found God everywhere. Like, everywhere I went. And I like this quote. Um, I'm pretty sure it's in the Bible, actually. Um, I don't know what uh, chapter, verse, whatever. I just, I remember how it goes. And it's, wherever the sole of your foot shall tread, I have given to you. I've given unto you. It's like, every step you take is a gift. Like, every step. It's a gift. Like, not, not everything everywhere you move everywhere you go every step you take every movement you make is a gift it has been given to you and so i really i do cling to that belief that like i can find god everywhere there's not a single crevice or place on this earth that i cannot find god and so that's why the mastery of love by don miguel ruiz had such a massive impact on me it's because of that like acceptance of everything like you've got to be able to find god in all of the things you hate and all of the things, like, you're going to find it in all the things you love. Like, we find God in music, right? We can find God in that music, like, that feeling of, like, oh, my gosh, yes. Then we also have to learn to find God in, like, brushing our teeth, like, combing our hair. Find God in, like, coding. Like, find God in a book, in literally every book we read. Find God in every person we meet. It's like, wow, they got a little piece. Like, they, they've got a piece right there. I see it. You look in their eyes and you see that like love, like exude from them. They're like, hey, that's God. There it is. That, that, that love they're exuding, that like unconditional love, whatever it is. So. I think it, it all comes back in a roundabout way to. Because, you know, right now we're talking about, uh, you know, bringing down that wall and and not have these conflicting conflicting nature towards other people and other ideas 
And, you know, I like to think about, you know, you and me, we have a lot of different ideas, but what's funny is almost about everything you say, I agree to a certain extent. And, you know, I say, I think you could take two people, you know, one believes, uh, you know, just say one believes in God and one believes in this, you know, this all powerful big dragon, you know, mm-hmm. it's the same thing. <laughs> and so when it comes to love, I'm kind of making a roundabout to the beginning here. I think it's that understanding that it's the same, you know, your ideas, they are fundamentally the same mm-hmm. and finding those ideas. And although you may interpret them a little differently, essentially we're, we're all the same and we all believe, uh, down in the roots, the same things. Yeah. So I believe that's, that's what truly love is. Yeah, I have this quote that I came up with when I was like 19 years old. And it's that no, no person, not a single person in the world meets God the same as another person. But they all meet God. And it's like you can't take a blind man, a colorblind man, and a man that can perfectly see, tell them to paint a picture of love, and they're going to paint the same thing. It's not going to happen. They're all going to paint different things, but they all feel it. They all feel it. They just see it from different angles. And so, and you know they see it. You know they feel it. You know that they know what it is. And so you can't tell them that that picture is wrong. You can't tell them like, oh, no, well, that guy can see perfectly. You both are wrong. It's like, no, motherfucker. Like, (laughs) they both feel it. They both see it. And they're painting exactly what they see. And it's like, that's why we have differences, different music styles. We have all these different people expressing these feelings of like love and what they experience as like God. And you're right. Like, it's that acceptance that they're all feeling and seeing that love, that same thing, that same God. And though, like, we have our variant of, like, depictions of how we see it or how we met that God or how we met that loving, creative, like, energy, it's all the same. It's literally all the same. That's why it's crazy to hate somebody that's, like, Muslim or it's crazy to hate somebody that's, like, catholic it's like they're just meeting god in their way like though it seems a little crazy to you you're like oh god that's rough like that that belief's a little rough man <laughs> like that's a little rough around the edges but i love you <laughs> like some so, of them when i think it when it comes to learning to love i think it what was that analogy you said it a few episodes back of you know you got two guys looking at the same thing from different angles mm-hmm. uh but they're seeing different things so what I just thought of is the idea of learning to love someone is learning to understand that they're viewing that from that angle. And, uh, yeah. So I think to understand you're looking at the same thing is one thing, but to actually say, wow, actually I see now that he's seeing it from that side. So he's inter he's, but it's, I'm seeing it from this side. We're seeing the same thing. So I think that is the process of learning to love someone is learning to see what side of the picture they're looking at. And then once you see that, I think it's, it's, it's just downhill from there. I think you could love them. Mm-hmm. I think relationally, we should liken it into unto celestial bodies in the sky. So say if you are Mercury and somebody is Pluto and you're all looking at the sun, you're like, wow, this is great. And they're looking at it from way over here and they're like, wow, that's great. Like, that's amazing. But you're completely different angles, completely different distances. 
like the way you revolve around it and the way they revolve around it, it's completely different distances, angles that they're seeing. And you're like, no, you're wrong. I know you're wrong. You, see, you try to say that you know that they're wrong, even though you're both looking at the same damn thing. <laughs> they're just seeing a completely different angle from a completely different like directional point. And you're like, no. And I think God, the only exactly. the only disagreement is not understanding that they're over there and you're over here. Mm-hmm. So that's and it's literally just like you're not like no God is actually like this many meters across because this is your vision. Like this is how I see it, and they're like, no, God's only actually like this this big. I'm I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it perfectly. Like I see God right there. That, that, that's how big a cross the, you know that celestial body is. But you're both looking at the same thing. Right? You're both looking at the exact same thing. It's just different angles. Like, now God's got a left ear, motherfucker. You're wrong. It's like, no, dude, he's got a right ear. Like, you're just standing on either side. <laughs> just... <Yeah. laughs> uh, it, makes, it makes perfect sense. I'm, I'm glad we can have these talks. <laughs> Don Miguel Ruiz is, a, is an amazing author. Truly truly tapped into like that source That's energy great. he knows what he's no, there's really great ideas it's kind of funny i need i need to read those books again i have them and the four agreements was something that i like read every year and i remember when you like reached out you're like dude i've been reading books like what are some good ones and i like just dumped a bunch of names on you. I'm like, read this one, read this one, read this one, read this one. Just like dumped a shit ton of books on you. <laughs> and because it, it really does open you up to realize like that. And this is just something that we all learn. Like once we start reading is like God's everywhere and everybody and everything. And like, once you can see all the different angles that they see it, you're like, damn, I can really love those people now. Cause I remember when I was a kid and like, I looked at like Muslims or Islamic people, or whatever they may have been. And I was like, whatever they believe in is crazy. I didn't read their book. I didn't read, I didn't read their beliefs. I was just like, they're crazy. It's what they do is crazy. My mom said they were crazy, so they're crazy. I'm like, I know that we don't wear this clothing. Like, that's weird. Or like, and I grew up and I was like, bro, you an idiot. <laughs> like, I was just dumb. Like, I was, I was uninformed. And yeah. so the book I've been reading lately uh, is the Quran. <laughs> so just because I'm like, I really need to understand that. I'm like, damn, this is the exact same thing as the Bible. It's literally the same book. It's the exact same book. Talks about Moses, talks about all these people. It's like the same freaking book. I'm like, oh, I'm just rereading the Bible. And it's funny. I think it's it's interesting because uh, I think this, the things we've been talking about are like, today all come together because you know when i'm talking about uh picking up a book processing it and then i'll be able to have a good output from it like writing it's the same thing as in with people right you got to get information from them what do they believe process it to understand how does it relate to what i believe and then you can love that person it's the same it's the same kind of process of that input output so it's a it's a i think it's cool it's pretty funny though because like When you, when you, earlier when you were talking about people hating on their, or, you know, frustrated at their parents of the community and how they were raised and saying that, you know, I was hypnotized, you know, it's 
I was brainwashed. And in a way, it's more or less just your parents trying to protect you from whatever they were afraid of. It's like, it's not, I mean, yes, there's always going to be social programming, like hypnotism, brainwashing, whatever you want to call it. There's always going to be that like input, whether it's your parents, your friends, the rest of the world, whatever it is, like there's always going to be input. And as a child, the only input you really have is your parents and the community that they place you in, community they choose to put you in. So yes, in a way, it is hypnotism. It is technically social brainwashing. But so is social media. <laughs> so is everything else. Like, so are the books you read. Like, so are the games you everything play. Everything is. And it's, it's funny because they're like, oh, I'm hypnotized or whatever. And then they'll flip, right? They'll flip sides. And so now they're in the complete opposite as if they were hypnotized by the other people. And yeah. so there is no middle. It's like they're disassociating from everything everything that they knew as a kid and like it was all wrong when it wasn't there's there is a happy middle everywhere and you have to be able to pick and choose like oh i believe this and this and this and this like there is no middle ground so it's kind of funny how they talk about hypnotism and stuff when really they jump sides as if they were hypnotized by the other people that grew up on the other side so that's why this whole like right left movement right now that's so really like prominent and being pushed pretty hard this whole like oh the far left oh the far right um they truly at their like not at their core but like at their like social platform they truly believe that the other side is evil they truly believe the other side is evil and you listen to these people on like what you would consider the far right and the way they speak about people that are like on the far left is like, they're just like hateful, evil people. And you listen to these people who are on the far left and they look at other people on the far right. And they're like, they're just these hateful, evil people. And you're like, damn, you're both saying the same thing. That's kind of funny. <laughs> like, yeah. It is, it is kind of a coincidence that they're like, yeah, they think the same thing about each other, even though they're, believe each other is the and i hmm. think they talk so abrasively about what they believe in about their like strong beliefs that they're not going to give up you know what i mean like they're strong like i'm not gonna give this one up i'm gonna keep this one to the day i die besides like i'm gonna keep this one to the day i die and you're wrong and it's that they're like if you look at the pendulum swinging they are at the like cusp the very edge of this side and they're at the very edge of this side and they're both looking at each other like i don't want to be on that side i don't i don't agree with you but in fact they actually came together and like could just talked about these things they're like wait we kind of actually i agree with you there and I, I agree with you here and you're actually kind of right on these things and we're kind of fighting the same fucking battle this is weird but it's their like beliefs that they don't let go of that are hurting them and that are making them hate the other side. This is the, the beliefs that they're not willing to evolve around or change or grow with. It's the ones that are like, this is set in stone because of 40 years of programming. It's like, oh, okay, I see. And it's the same thing on both sides. There's a cool idea. Here, I'm gonna grab my notebook here. Okay. It's called, uh, 
it's one thing that I studied at one point. It's called the common conflict. I thought it was a really cool idea because it's the common things politically or whatever that uh, people will either, they'll uh, choose one side. And so you got facts and feelings, uh, history versus future and justice versus mercy. So I've like studied it and I, those three, and they all kind of, they, they all kind of fit on two sides. You know, you got the yeah. facts, history and justice. Those things, three things really go to one side. And then you got feelings and the future and mercy. And those things really go to the other side. Whoa. They really go together. Whoa. And so it's a really cool concept because people will really uh, identify with one side or the other. And they'll really not want to go with the other side. And so they'll just completely shun the other side when really both the sides are what you need to be picking things from. Damn. Bro, when you read those side by side, that hit me hard. Because you can see both sides. You're like, oh shit, I know which side's which. <laughs> You're like, yep. oh my God. Oh my God. And you can look at it, honestly, if you look at any conflict, whether it's politics, whether it's war, or even just two people arguing about something, I feel like you could take those two and you could put a side on each of those. And so it's kind of an, it's a really cool concept. It's the common conflict. That is interesting. I need to like write all of that down because that was really good. Facts versus feelings. And if you look at that, ah, oh God, that fucking hits. Cause you, you'll, you'll be pulled to one side or the other because you, you mm -hmm. like, you relate to it more. But then yep. if you look at it entirely, you're like, wait, they're both like, right. They're both important. If you actually understand it, I mean, just like looking at history and future, it's like, you can't have one without the other. Mm -hmm. So if you actually go into it and facts and feelings, both are important. Justice and mercy, both are important. So if you, if you actually interpret it and study it and understand it and actually identify, realize where you're identifying with, you're like, oh, wow, like I actually should pay it more attention to that other side because it's extremely important. Actually putting words to it and information on it, Damn. it makes sense. Damn. That's, that's a hard hitter, bro. <laughs> I wasn't ready yeah. for that. Fuck. But you, you want to know what's funny is uh, I wouldn't even brought this up, but I'm I'm trying to I pulled this notebook out. I'm like I gotta I want to build upon ideas again, and so I read that earlier today, and so that's interesting. you got to constantly be building ideas, or else you're gonna lose them. So always write them down and build them. And yeah, that's a good one though. Facts versus feelings, history versus future, and it's so true. Like if you don't pay attention to history, you're going to repeat mistakes in the future. If you don't pay attention to the future, like you're going to be focusing on like the wars of the past and how you should just how they say how they performed justice in the past. Like they would hang people publicly in front of children. Yep. That's not okay. <laughs> yeah. No mercy. Yeah. There's no cruel and unusual punishment back then. So yeah, it's like you have to pay attention to both sides, but you can see where the, like, the far right and the far left are. <laughs> you can mm -hmm. see those both sides when you look at that. That's crazy as fuck. 
Yeah. That's so intense. I, I, what brought this was politics was brought my studies to those ideas is because I was trying, I didn't understand like what was funny is in high school, they make you take a test to see, you know, which direction you're in. I was doing a musical or whatever. And so I got pulled out of class that day. I had no idea what political affiliation I was in. I just, heck, I didn't know anything about politics till like a year ago. And so when I finally started studying, I'm like, I need to know what, uh, what these political parties are and where I stand so I could play part and yada yada and uh i watched a video and the guy the guy explained it i I don't know people might get offended by it but the guy explained it like there's a big farm and you know may two two people could buy the farm or and then one guy goes in the farm and there's a fence there and he says okay there's a fence here Uh, i'm gonna leave the fence here and then the other guy goes in the farm is like oh there's a fence here let's remove the fence and uh, while, you know, the guy who kept the fence there is the right-sided guy and the guy who removed the fence is the left-sided guy. But And I guess neither is right or wrong, but the question is why they were doing what they're doing. And so I, that brought into my mind is like studying these things. and yeah. so It's just that like great dichotomy. Like left brain, right brain. Male, female. There's that dichotomy again. Mm-hmm. Neither are wrong. Neither are like right. You need both of them. You have to have both of them. Like you can't just operate on a right brain. You got to have the left brain for structure. Like you can't just operate on the left brain or else you will have no mercy on people. It's you've got to have both. Yeah. That's a good, yeah, good idea. I mean, you got, yeah, right brain, left brain, man, woman. I mean, all of them work together to create something awesome. And so one without the other is bad. I mean, you're going to be horrible. It's lack of creation. It's a standstill. (laughs) One without the other is a complete standstill. There's no creation happening. It's consumption. It's just like being eaten away. It's just like fading into the past, into oblivion. Oh, that's creepy. Oh, shit. You've got to have both. Ah, you've got to have both parties. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, Adam and Eve, you know, is, uh, you know, when they were first put in the Garden of Eden, they didn't know good or evil, you know, and they had to know it to be able to progress and move on, I guess. So you have to have both to, I guess that's a different kind of uh, conflict because that doesn't really fit with the sides, good and evil. You can't, mm-hmm. but. Because good and evil always, are subjective. Yeah. Good and evil are completely subjective to the viewer's standpoint. And so like that's. And I guess when, when you, when you actually better your understanding, you realize that all both sides of every conflict is good and there's good from both sides. Mm-hmm. That's so intense. Evil, evil essentially is sticking only with one side. Yeah. Is sticking to just your, like your core beliefs and not surrendering to like growth or evolution. I would say that's not necessarily evil, but just lack of. Yeah. That's just destruction. Like, that's just destruction. I think it's, yeah, it's the difference between growth and decay. 
yeah. by being open to everything, you're going to grow. But by not, by identifying only with one side, you're just going to decay. You're not going to grow because you have nothing to build on. See, and this is why I believe in eternal life, bro. Is because like people that don't grow degrade by a certain percentage. But if you grow by a certain percentage every day, you're growing. You're not dying. And if you look at plants and trees, like they can grow forever. Like there's a lot of plants and trees that can literally grow forever. And, but if you don't, if they don't get the necessary nutrients, sunlight, the things they need, they will decay. They will start to die. I feel like it's the same thing with people. They're so hardened on whatever they believe and they're not like evolving and growing. They start to just decay. They start to just move back and die. It's like, you got to keep moving. You got to keep growing or else nature will consume you for nutrients for the rest of whoever chooses to grow. Damn. <laughs> That's so intense. <laughs> no, it's definitely cool ideas. Cool ideas to build upon and write down. Don't, don't forget about them. I know. <laughs> Guilty. I'm, I'm glad they're all technically stored on our podcast. Like I'm, I'm, all, I'm glad they're all. Oh, that's that's for sure. Stored information that's like publicly available to me and whoever else. But uh, yeah, no. Just speaking about the podcast, how it's just evolving ideas and such, and and speaking with them, I would say is some form of actually. It's an action. So I would say it is some form like I, my memory sucks, but I'm able to pull things that I've said on the podcast, pull things that you said on the podcast. Like I could remember them because I feel like it was somewhat written down in the internal scheme of things. There was an action that took place on the idea. Mm -hmm. So, but that's one thing I'm definitely going to go forward from here is, is physically when it comes to reading and stuff is writing down my ideas. And I love the idea of, because like just today going through my notes of all my ideas I've had so far and and like, oh, like I got how that idea was. But then I, I write it down like in a new way, evolved way. And I take that piece of paper and I throw it away. And so these ideas are constantly evolving. You need to take an action to make sure they they grow. So that's what I'm going forward. Yeah, you want to huh? keep you want to keep your ideas in motion. You want to keep them in mm -hmm. momentum. Just oh if, my god! It's all yeah, if they aren't, if they aren't progressing, they're decaying. Yeah. Oh my god! This literally all ties together. Oh my god! This is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for this one. <laughs> all right, should we go over goals, or should we do that next week? <laughs> yeah, we just we uh, took this podcast a little, yeah. our last podcast a little late, so I don't really see a need to. Okay. go for goals other cool. than i feel like there's a lot of things that we can apply to our goals and talk about next time though so mm -hmm. well from let's just talk about today. books like what are you reading now like what's your so yeah i just finished uh the mastery of love i'm gonna start outwitting the devil bro you're gonna love this book i'm still reading it but yeah holy shit. <laughs> so i'm gonna start that one next here Talk about next week. I'll probably have some ideas that I wrote down. So it should be good. I That book is going to hit hard. So we've, we've come around to this like loving circle of understanding things. This book is going to like 
kind of open up to a darker side of like, oh shit. <laughs> it's like, there is something that's like, I gotta pay attention and avoid. But it's, it's a really good book. It's so good. I'm excited. <laughs> It'd be cool because like, we're both reading it. We'll both be reading it. So I feel like we'll be able to expand upon it quite a bit because it's the same time. We don't typically read a book at the same time. We don't typically do that. So this will be fun. It's yeah. like a book club. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I guess that concludes our 18th episode. Is that right? 18th episode? Yeah. Two 18th. minutes to life. All right. Mm-hmm. We'll see you guys next week.